And welcome in once again to the Believe in OU podcast. I'm your host, Sean Forrester. Got a lot to talk about. We'll talk about Nebraska briefly. It's been a few days. Haven't had a chance to record a pod. Apologize about that. So that game happened on Saturday. And a lot of people around the country were wish casting for that game to be good or close. Or maybe even make Joseph could pull the upset. But it didn't happen. So what are we left with here? A 49-14 beatdown. Almost epic proportions. Dogs are called off early in the third quarter. Both coaching staffs realize this is not going to be a contest anymore. Let's try to run the clock out and get out of here. What sparked it? Dylan Gabriel. You know, he's had a few moments here and there where he's been off target. But for the most part, he was very effective. I didn't expect a 61-yard touchdown run, but that was a combination of him and the rest of his teammates blocking downfield. And then you have getting more receivers involved. Jalil Farouk finally getting some catches. Marvin Mims continues to be really awesome. The running game got going. Uh, Eric Gray, for all you Eric Gray haters out there, he's working out pretty well. Marcus Major's pretty good. The offensive line didn't go up against the stingiest of defensive lines but still pretty impressive performance nonetheless the defense I don't know what more you could say about this defense other than the fact that if it's going to look like this for the next couple of years with the guys we have now and I'm just imagining in my head the recruits we have verbally committed now and the guys are going after in the near future guys for 2024 you all should be really really excited because I am add to the fact that this time last year, we were told we were close. And I talked about this on the YouTube channel. If you want to subscribe, I'll leave a, a link in the comments below and the, in the notes below. If you want to subscribe, if you haven't subscribed, why haven't you, why haven't you subscribed to the podcast? You should be doing that right now, but I'm kidding. Of course, this game, I know everyone brought out the old clips and they talked to Switzer and Osborne and man, Tom Osborne getting up there, man. He is really getting up there. But I, I wasn't feeling the whole nostalgia this week. I mean, I tried a little bit, but I just, I just wasn't feeling it. I, as a fan, I, as an Oklahoma fan, just wanted to get up there and win a football game. It looked respectable doing it. And we got more than just respectable. Uh, a few things, as I mentioned before, Dylan Gabriel, a couple throws he missed. Probably makes them if he's a Norman. Uh, the kicking game, you know, missing a 39-yard field goal. It's not the biggest red flag, but it's the first miss of the year. Uh, other kicks that were made earlier this year were chip shots, so we know we can make those. There's no, been no issue with extra points, but just something to keep an eye on and monitor. Uh, special teams. Uh, people are making a big deal. Like This is how bad it was last year, or, or just like the past few years even. We got like 60 yards in punt returns, and it was the, more than we've had all last season. And it just goes to show what the mentality of last year's coaching staff was, or the person in charge of said coaching staff. We're just not going to special teams, try to make plays. We're not even going to try. And it's just so infuriating when you go back and look. It's like, why didn't we attempt anything? But now you're starting to see changes. You see a toughness to this team. You see a a mentality. like Because the past couple years, teams felt soft. It just has, and you take on the personality and the mentality of your head coach, 
And our head coach this year, he's not soft. He's all about being physical. He's all about making the right choices as well. So it's all about, you want to have that chaotic defense that makes plays in the backfield, which is a lot of fun to watch, as I said before. But seeing guys like Danny Stutzman and Jaron Cannon get into the game, he's going to be a superstar at some point. Uh, you got Ethan Downs at a great game. Reggie Grimes is relatively quiet for the most part. But even so, Redmond getting in on the action. Key Lawrence, uh, who was a little dinged up the week before, played backup duty, got a pick, probably should have had two. But regardless, this team's looking pretty solid. And another thing, I'm seeing comments from people saying I shouldn't be excited or I don't know what I have with my team or you don't know what you have with your team. I look at your opponent's win-loss combined, win-loss record, and it's one and seven. Look, guys, let me tell you something right now. If you, when I hear comments like that, it tells me you don't watch Oklahoma football because I watched this team last year and the year before that and the year before that. You know what I haven't seen? What I saw this past Saturday for three straight games. I've seen a defense that I don't feel like is going to lose you the football game. Now, is the offense just as great as it was back in the glory days of 17 and 18? No, not even close. Like, those are very, very special teams. But it's not like they're chopped liver either. So I don't want to hear comments about, if you want to go rip people's schedules, go talk to Michigan. Go talk about their non-conference schedule and how awful that is, because it really is awful. But you know what Michigan's doing? They're beating down on awful non-conference schedule like they should. So I don't know what Michigan is. I haven't watched every Michigan game, so I'm not going to rip Michigan apart for doing they're beating bad teams like they're bad teams. And Oklahoma are beating bad teams like they're bad teams. And if you want to nitpick here and there, you go right ahead. But as someone who's watched every single snap of this program for the past few years, uh, maybe go back 20 plus, what I'm seeing right now is reminiscent of the early 2000s on defense. We're not there yet. I'm not ready to jump on the playoff or championship bandwagon. But I love where the direction of this program is going. And we move on to K-State this week in conference play. Got a night game. Going to be a huge, 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 huge boost for this program. They can get that crowd fired up. It's going to help recruiting. Might have some big-time recruits there who have taken multiple visits at this point. We'll see how that turns out. We'll find out later in the week who's going to show up. It is a shame that K-State did drop a game to Tulane. You know, a few K-State fans out there, I'm sure, mocked OU for almost losing to Tulane last year. But now they hosted Tulane, and, well, they got beat. But I'm not going to pretend that K-State is, is not a threat. Preseason, I thought K-State would beat Oklahoma. My mind has changed on that. Thankfully, I kind of changed my mind last week, but it was mostly me being a fanboy because they're dedicating the statues to the Selman brothers. And it's like, I can't pick against you now. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't erect three bronze statues to some of the greatest players that have ever played on that campus. And all of a sudden, it's like... You're making me look out to be the bad guy here. I can't pick against them. Do I still think Oklahoma loses a game or two this year? Yes, I do. Because there are a couple things, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Dylan Gabriel, not on target with some of his passes. Uh, the offensive line, I need to see more. Uh, I need to see a more of a rhythm with the offense on a consistent basis, like the, the kicking game. All these little things could add up in a bigger game 
where it's a little closer. I like what the defense is doing, as I said, but this team needs to continue to get better each and every week, and I think they will, but uh, we have a long ways to go there. We'll talk more about K-State later in the week, but for right now, I'm going to switch my focus to this. So it came out today, both ADs from Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have said that Bedlam is no longer going to take place once Oklahoma officially joins the SEC in 2025. Mark your calendars, put a little, you know, uh, you know, put a little bookmark for 2024. So this year and potentially last year, or excuse me, next year are going to be the final games. So you'll have Bedlam and Norman this year, potentially for the last time. And then you will have, you'll definitely have Bedlam and Stillwater for the last time in 2024. So, uh, or excuse me, a 2023, my, my mistake. So 2022 for Norman, 2023 for Stillwater. Death guarantee the last time you'll see that game there, more than likely. So, here's what's happening now. We kind of knew deep down this was not going to keep going. Oh, there was talk maybe down the road we can find a way to fit you in, non-conference or whatnot. But I'm recording this late afternoon on the 20th of September. And all afternoon I've been seeing, or, all, or late morning, early afternoon... The wine fest from the Oklahoma State people, like the Carson Cunninghams of the world. And it's just laughable to me. And everyone's arguing whether it's a rivalry or not. And and listen, it's a rivalry. As much as I like to troll and poke and poke and prod at Oklahoma State and the pokes. Yeah, it's a rivalry. It's a rivalry because it's in state. It's a very it's the most lopsided in-state rivalry in all of college football and major college football, at least. So, but. Just because it's lopsided doesn't mean there haven't been great moments, great games, great players. The problem is 90 games have gone the Sooners way. So on a national level, it doesn't resonate quite as much. In-state, yeah, it's one of the more important games of the year. Now it's going to go away. And now I'm hearing how businesses are going to suffer and... Oh my God, you know, you took away some of our TV money and because of this and... Oh, poor, oh, woe is me, Oklahoma State. Here's my problem with this. Now we're pointing fingers at each other like the Spider-Man meme that whose fault is it really that we're not playing this game? And at the, guess what? No matter how you try to spin it, this is not on Oklahoma. You can try to pin it on Oklahoma. Oh, you're leaving the conference, therefore you're not like... I don't recall Joe Harris or Joe Castiglione saying they are not up for playing Bedlam. Please find me a quote where it says, nah, we don't want to play them anymore. Ah, we're done. If you can find me that quote, I'll apologize. I'll record something for, for this, the YouTube page, Twitter, whatever you want. But please find me something where they definitively say, ah, we don't play it anymore. You know who doesn't want to play it anymore? Oklahoma State. Oh, they're willing to play other sports, though. They'll play basketball and baseball and softball, wrestling, all those other fun non-revenue sports. All, all due respect to, to basketball. Basketball is a revenue sport. But the point of the matter is they're willing to keep those going. So you'll still have that at least. But for football, who doesn't want to play ball are the Pokes. The folks up in Stillwater. And now you have some of their minions out there like crying how... Oh, it's not fair. You're treating us pat poorly. How dare you abandon us? How dare you do this and that? Let me tell you something right now. We have to talk about conference realignment again. Fine. 
on numerous occasions throughout the years, decades even, Oklahoma has been asked many times to leave the Big 12 or the, the old Big 8, I should say, going back to the 50s. Southwestern Conference wanted Oklahoma to be a member. We've had SEC invites way before now. There was the Pac-12 thing where, hey, Oklahoma State, you were going to be a part of that until, you know, Texas and Texas A&M kind of screwed that up. Mostly Texas. But here's what I recall. And you need to lie. This is the part where you need to lie in the bed. You know, you made your bed and need to sleep in it. I recall David Board, former president of the University of Oklahoma, you know, talking about being psychologically disadvantaged. And, you know, we had the grant of rights and, you know, trying to keep everything together. And, oh, it's all to keep Texas happy or whatnot. We're trying to do this. We're trying to do that. But I do recall Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas Tech were in favor of expansion about six years ago. And boy, was there talk. And I've heard, you know, I, I was part of a radio station in Orlando, Florida, and they all my UCF buddies were asking me, hey, you think this is going to happen? What, do you, what have you heard? What have you heard? Like, is it gonna, like, what's from the Oklahoma side? What have you heard from Board? What have you heard this? And I kept telling them, like, they're trying, guys, but it's not sounding good. Now, granted, it's not really a problem now because UCF is, being, is joining the Big 12. Granted, it's not the Big 12 they thought they were going to jo- join, the one they wanted to, with OU and Texas a part of it. But it's still an upgrade from the American. But David Warren tried to go get Cincinnati, Houston, BYU, UCF was part. They, they tried to they tried to get at least two of those teams. And you know who said no at the end of the day to all this conference expansion six years ago? Everyone, with the exception of Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas Tech. You know what group that includes? Oklahoma State. So don't sit here and cry when time after time again, OU desperately tried to keep this thing together. Whenever they were asked by conferences that I mentioned before, whether to join the SEC or whatever, they always wanted you to come with us. But guess what? The other side either said no or it fell through, whatever. Multiple efforts were made. But you know what changed? COVID and NIL. And at some point, it is not Oklahoma's fault. It is not Oklahoma's responsibility to carry your school. You are the program, among many others in the country, mind you, that have this mentality, that sells season tickets. They force you to buy season tickets for a certain big home game. Which one is that? Oh, Bedlam. So every other year, they don't sell single tickets for Bedlam. If you just like, you know, I want to buy tickets directly from the school. This is like, you know, maybe Oklahoma gets an allotment, but no, you have to buy full season ticket packages to get at, to get access to those tickets. You know, who doesn't have to do that? The university of Oklahoma, Michigan States kind of pulled some stuff like that too. Back in the day, it's usually the little brother schools that do it because they're second banana in the state. That's just the way it is. Unfortunately. But here we are. Like, I, I keep hearing from both sides of the mouth. Like, oh, we don't need you. We don't need you to do this. But on the other hand, it's like you're all whining and crying that we're leaving. So which is it? I, I just sit here and go, you know, at, at some point, you're going to have to get off your parents' health insurance plan. You're almost 30 years old and you're still working at Hollywood Video and Shawnee. Get your life together. 
I know Hollywood video doesn't exist, but just a point I'm trying to make. At some point, you need to move on. If you really want to, if you really believe you can stand on your own and be your own school, you don't have to live in the shadows of Oklahoma, the big shadow that casts all the way from Norman to Stillwater. You go right ahead because this is your decision. And another thing I hear, I keep hearing the, the argument about Texas and Texas A&M. Like, oh, Texas, uh, you know, this is all Texas fault. You know, there's, there's the reason we're not playing the the, 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 the Lone Star rivalry, whatever it is they call it. We're not seeing the, the, the Longhorns, the Aggies playing Thanksgiving. It's all Texas fault. Really? Because I think you need to direct that, those questions to College Station because they're the ones not wanting to play the game because they wanted to break away from their shadow. Texas wants to play Texas A&M desperately, but the Aggies want no part of it. Too bad they're going to be forced to now because they'll be joining the SEC in a couple years, and guess what? Uh, if the, However you're going to make permanent opponents happen, guess who's going to be one of your permanent opponents? Because if it's not... If Texas and Texas A&M aren't, that's a whole different topic and a whole different argument you can have. It'll just be silly. But what I'm telling you guys right now, it, today was just ridiculous. And seeing all the excuses and seeing all the crying. And they want to have it both ways. They want to say, we don't need you, but we do need you. And we're crying about local businesses or whatever. That's not Oklahoma's fault. So, Programs have had a hundred years to establish something. And if at this point you still don't have anything worth selling, which I think you do, you're not on the, you're on the same level as so you like, you're in the top 10 now, but one day Mike Gundy will be gone and you'll be in the, in the, the newer version of the big 12 or whatever conference. And you might be contemplating life choices you've made because you decided not to agree to a home-and-home home series on a regular basis with your in-state rival, the one that drives revenue. But please continue to point in my direction how this past year you sold more season tickets in a non-Bedlam year than 2012. I mean, you're not going to give actual numbers, so that those number of season tickets could be anywhere from 220 to 200, whatever. I mean, congratulations there. But that isn't like someone tried to send that to me on Twitter is like, ah, oh, take a look at this. Like that doesn't like detract from the, the the point that you guys force people to purchase season tickets for Bedlam years. If you want to see Bedlam in Stillwater. Anyway, so that's my rant on that. Those are my thoughts on the whole Bedlam thing. Me personally, as a fan, I'm not going to miss it too much. I can't speak for everybody on this. Everyone has their own personal attachment to this rivalry. I don't live in the state, so I don't have to deal with Oklahoma state fans. If once in a blue moon, they beat Oklahoma like last year, I didn't have to deal with that. So I understand it's different. If you're living back in state, totally get it. But for me personally, with everything that's going on with OU football right now, the future looks very great. <laughs> and if you ask me, Years ago, would you sacrifice Bedlam to get what you had? Well, yes. I would have easily said it. I would sacrifice this rivalry. We get to play Texas, and we're going to play SEC football. And, oh, and guess what? We're going to be a lot closer to competing for a national title than we were under our last head coach. Sign me up. Please. Yesterday. Anyway. So, those are my thoughts. This week, uh, I'll try to get another pod in before the K-State game, but uh, no promises there. 
you know, subscribe to the podcast. You know, I'm on, I'm on every feed, Apple, Spotify, all those good things. Uh, also subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'll put a link down in the notes, like, subscribe, comment, all those good things YouTubers say as well. I'm Sean Forrester, and this has been the Believe in OU Podcast. <laughs>